Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. They got me. Okay. Lord, I thank you that we come into this place today. And Lord, we know that you are with us, that your presence is here. And Lord, I thank you that not just here, but in every home, in every place that is watching in today, Lord, your presence is there. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, this morning, you know, I got a message early this morning from um, Pastor Rick, and he is thinking of you, and he is very much wanting you guys to uh, feel the comfort of God and the Holy Spirit at the moment in your homes there. Uh, so I just want to, before we start, I want to just kind of pray for you guys. Um, and I know some of you maybe uh, are finding financially a little bit difficult at the moment. And I just pray that, you know, God will provide for you. So let's just pray right now. Father, I reach out, Lord, to each and every person that's listening in to this sermon today. And Lord, I pray, Father, that your presence would be in every home today. Lord, I pray that you would bring comfort by the power of the Holy Spirit, which transcends the situation, transcends the circumstances, that no matter what is coming our way, Father, that your presence would be felt and that you would bring comfort to each and every one of us. We thank you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord. You know, I really encourage you that um, at the moment we need to be reaching out to each other. I know that we're in our homes, but we've still got the blessing of multimedia, of you know the uh, uh, internet and things like that. And uh, you know, why don't you phone somebody up and just talk to them? Or maybe you're at home and you're isolated. You're on your you're on your own. Don't sit there in your isolation, but make sure that you reach out to somebody and talk to them, so that they can uh, maybe encourage you as well. Just this week, um, it was actually two of my grandchildren's birthdays. And, you know, we're feeling it because we can't meet up with family at the moment. Um, so it was really good on the morning of each of their birthdays. Zeke was one of them and uh, Hunter. Um, we actually got on our phones and we FaceTimed them so we could see their faces and we could, you know, see the presence that they got and so be there with them, even though we couldn't be there physically. There's still a way of reaching out. And you can do that with people. So I encourage you and be assured that uh, Rick and Naomi and the team and the leadership, we are praying for each and every one of you as well. Okay, uh, so today's going to be a bit different preaching. I'm normally used to looking around at everybody here, but today it's just you. So uh, let's just pray and let's really get God's presence as I try and reach out this word that he's given me for you today. Lord, I submit this word to you now. Lord, and I pray, Father, that you would empower it that although I'm just the vessel that's bringing the word, I pray your spirit would be manifest in every place today, every place where somebody's listening, Lord, that you would bring your truth, that you would quicken the word and you would minister into people's lives. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. Amen, amen. I wanna start actually with a uh, scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 3. And it very much summarizes for me how I feel 
sometimes when I get up here to bring the Word of God, it is not something that I, and I know that all the other people that come up onto this stage and bring you a word, we don't do it lightly. We know that we are bringing God's truth. And so we submit ourselves to the Spirit. But as I was reading Corinthians, I was very much of Paul in his heart. In Corinthians, he's very much bringing the power of the Holy Spirit. And he wants the Corinthian church to walk in the power of the Spirit. And I've taken it and I've changed it slightly from the past tense as he had it and made it into current tense for myself. And so uh, let me read it to you. I stand before you with feelings of inadequacy, filled with reverence for God and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. This message I preach and how I preach it is not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but trusting in his almighty power. Now, I know in this time, we've got lots of people, experts, governments, everywhere doing their best to try and get us through this time that we're in. But church, you have the power of the Holy Spirit in your lives. You can go to him for your comfort and for your rest. It's at moments like this that we need to know that we have a spiritual faith. That is where we stand. If you don't walk in that spiritual faith, that's when the carnality of our walk can step in and we can slide away from our faith. I know the Bible does say very clearly in Revelations and other parts that in the latter days, many will walk away from their faith, maybe in difficult times. It can be challenging, but this is where we have to ground ourselves and root ourselves on the fact of our salvation and the fact that we have Holy Spirit living with us. You know, in my marriage, we've been married for some 42 years now. And I thank God for the longevity of our marriage. But one of the reasons I think that we have enjoyed such a long, successful marriage is because we don't do it in the strength of our own strength. We don't do it just looking to the physical aspects of our marriage. We do it because Susan and I have a spiritual marriage. We walk in that faith together. We share that faith together. We encourage one another constantly. And because of that joined faith that we have, it takes us long. It's the same as I say that you need to reach out to people around you because at moments like this, we need to share our faith. We not, might not be able to meet together, but we can meet together over the airwaves. If we walk in this spiritual faith, we will see through this time and whatever else comes in this world, we will see our way through that. His almighty presence is with us now. And the faith that we have is now, it's not historical. I changed the context or the text, the tense of that scripture because I wanted to say that it wasn't just a scripture that comes from the past that Paul wrote, but those words, because they're spiritual words, are alive and active today and still stand just as much for me as they do for Paul when he was writing them. I'm aware of that because we are told in the Word of God that one of the characteristics of God is that He is omnipresent. 
That means he is everywhere, not just around the world in all the different localities globally or geographically, but he is in the past, he's in our present, and he's in our future. He's in every single part of that. And that's why I know that the power of the word that we have is for us now. We need to know it's for us. In 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9, it says, This is why the scripture says, Things never discovered before or heard before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These things are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. At a time like this, and at the very center of what I'm trying to get across to you today, is we need to walk in the power of God now more than ever before. And our faith should be constantly taking us to places that we could not possibly imagine, seeing realities and truths in the Word of God that we never knew were there. I've been saved since 1975. That's I can't do the maths, but that's a long time. <laughs> and uh, over that time, I've been reading the Word of God, you know, all that time. That's what, nearly 50 years, I suppose, coming on, 45 years I've been saved. And yet constantly I'm amazed at the new truths that God reveals to me and how He can speak to me out of this Word. That is the power of God that we have. I don't want to live my faith in my limited ability or my little strength that I have, but I want to live out my faith, experiencing my faith, knowing that it's real and, and seeing God active and working in my life. I don't want it to be an empty shell of a faith. Just over the last few weeks that we've been in lockdown, Susan and I have started... Um, early in the morning in our new house. I've got a TV in the bedroom. I'm actually allowed to have a TV in the bedroom this time. It's good. And uh, early in the morning, we sort of sometimes turn on the TV and we watch a sermon. We've been listening to uh, Joyce Meyer and to Jensen Franklin. And uh, Jensen Franklin, the last one we watched, was talking about um, the power of bold prayers. And God loves bold prayers that are beyond our ability. Because we serve a supernatural God who is almighty, we can trust Him and reach out and make bold prayers in these times, wanting God to answer our prayers. And so don't give up on those bold prayers, but reach out and increase those prayers to God. I know this because God placed His Spirit in me. And it's out of the Spirit in me that I have the confidence to know that I can reach out and that God does hear me and He hears you as well. The power of prayer. In fact, it was partly because of that this week, something happened to me. Um, over the last while, I've been uh, doing some work uh, in the building industry. Um, and uh, on Tuesday morning, um, I woke up, I had to leave work uh, home pretty early, but I was praying, God, today I just want to experience you. I don't want my faith just to be head knowledge. I don't want my faith walk to be empty. I want to be able to know you and feel you and see you in all the things that I do every day of my life. And so I jumped in my car and I took off, you know, up the Great Western Highway to, you know, go to where I was working. And um, about halfway up, I was in the right-hand lane, and in the left-hand lane, just in front of me, um, was a tradie ute. 
and he had a rack um, over the back of the ute and he had some uh, colour bond corrugated iron sheets um, up on the roof racks and they were strapped down with those ratchet straps um, and they, you know, so hopefully they were secure. But as I was sitting there um, behind him, I just started to be transfixed on those iron sheets. And I started in my mind's eye to imagine what would happen if for some inexplicable reason that strap broke. I don't know why I was thinking that. I, I don't, I'm not normally a negative person. But then suddenly I just felt this prompting, get past him now. And so I know the voice of God. I felt it was him. So I sped my car up and I went past him. And when I got about five meters past the front of the car, the ratchet straps on the ute broke and the tin sheets came flying off and ended in the road exactly where I was following him. And I just, as I was driving along, I started to just praise God and marvel and thank him that he is a God of the past, the present and the future. He knows what's going to happen in each of those situations. He lives in me and he lives in you and he's able to talk to us and he's able to help us and he wants to do that for us. And I thank him because in that moment, I yet again know who the God is that I serve. And I want to have that as a constant thing in my life. And I want that for each and every one of you as well, that you have that in your lives. You know, God has had his spirit in this world from the very beginning of creation. In Genesis 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So whilst God spoke it into being, the Holy Spirit was right there over the earth, right there at the beginning. And it says, for the very beginning of mankind, God intended for His Spirit to be with us. It says then in verse 7 of chapter 2, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. When I read that, it reminds me of the words that come from um, John in the New Testament um, in, chapter 20, in verse 22. And at that time, Jesus was with his disciples and he had very much been their teacher and their mentor to, to that time. And he was about to send them out on their own, two by two, to go and to minister, to experience this faith and to do it themselves. Not just watch what Jesus was doing, but it was their turn to do it. And so it says, back same as in Genesis, that God breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils. In this John 20, 22, it says, Then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is often referred to as the breath of God. And we have had the breath of God breathe on us once again. Ever since we took that step of salvation, we have the Spirit in us. And I don't want to go it alone. I don't want to do this on my own. When mankind decided to um, partake of the tree of knowledge, when they uh, ate the apple and they uh, decided they wanted to 
make themselves, as it were, like God, they decided, as it were, to go it alone in their own strength. And they made knowledge and their own intellect and their own understanding a God to themselves. I don't want to do that. I want to rely on God and His power in my life. Susan and I were discussing after I came home on Tuesday night and I explained to her what had happened and you know, we were encouraging a group of people on Zoom that night about this whole speaking and hearing God and listening to Him. How do you hear from the Spirit? How do you hear His voice? And there's two things I probably thought would, I'd like to share with you. Just a couple of quick ideas. First of all, for me, that journey of not just praying to God, but actually hearing His voice really began for me when I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, that happened back in 1982. But it was a long journey for me because I had a lot of uh, things that were um, holding me back things I'd been taught. Uh, it was the unknown, it was the supernatural realm and I was a very um, realistic um, person who liked to work with things that I understood. And so to step into the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I had to decide that I didn't understand this, I didn't have it all tied down, but it was in the Word and I trusted it so I was gonna step into this supernatural world of God in faith. And because of that, I was also able to speak in tongues. And I've been doing that ever since, every day of my life. And that has helped me to step from the natural realm into the supernatural realm and helped me to know how to have my mind and my soul subject to the spirit that lives within me. I've also learned the importance of turning off my mind manager. Often when we're in prayer with people, we tell people, stop trying to overthink this thing. Stop trying to understand it. There comes a place in faith that we need to just trust God and we need to be able to step into that realm where He exists and know that He is going to be able to minister to us and help us and speak to us. That's why it's so important. I've heard Pastor Rick say it before, that in our prayer life, sometimes we need to stop talking so much and we stop, need to stop and listen and hear what God has to say because He wants to answer us. When I've been doing marriage counselling over many, many years, one of the important things we tell people is, Stop talking so much. Listen to your partner. Hear what they have to say. And it's the same way in our faith. We have to listen to God and hear what He has to say to us. I've discovered an interesting thing that in praying in the Spirit, as I said before, turns off my soul, as it were. It turns off my mind. Last night, um, I was a little bit anxious, I think. I must have been a little bit anxious about today. Um, and I woke up at 3.50 a.m. this morning and my mind was going around and racing and, you know, I couldn't get to sleep. And so I just started praying in the Spirit. And, you know, very soon I just felt this comfort descend on me. My mind stopped racing so much and I went back to sleep and woke up this morning at normal time of, you know, about 6 o'clock, 6.30. I've also learned another thing, though, 
that whilst I'm praying in the Spirit, I can actually also engage my mind to a certain extent. And what I mean by that is, I sometimes, whilst I'm praying in the Spirit, it comes from within me. Not, I'm not thinking about what I'm praying. I'm just praying out of the Spirit. But sometimes my mind starts to interpret the things that are coming out in these words that I don't understand. And God will start to prompt me into things I need to pray for. And that's when you can hear the voice of God, even whilst you're praying in the Spirit. Uh, we need to understand and know the voice of God. Many people would know that my father um, is a Scot and my mother as well. And uh, I've had people say to me, I find it difficult sometimes understanding your father. He's got a heavy accent. And I know that because sometimes I've had to interpret him to people um, in situations, um, even this week. Um, but the funny thing is, you know, when people say that to me, that my father has a strong Scottish accent, I have to take them at their word because I can't hear it. I've only ever known my father's voice. I've known that my entire life. To me, his, his voice is his voice. It's, it's the natural thing for him to listen to. I do not hear a Scottish accent whatsoever in my father. But the funny thing for me is sometimes people actually say to me that I have a bit of an accent. Now I find that very interesting because I came out to Australia when I was only one and a half years old and I didn't start speaking until I was three. So how do I have a Scottish accent? It's because I listen to my father and I listen to my mother and I therefore emulate what have I've heard over my lifetime. Can you see where I'm going with this? That for us, we need to listen carefully to the voice of God. It becomes a natural thing to do when you press in on that. And when we listen to the voice of God and when we understand it, then we too will sound like the voice of God as we also talk into other people's lives. In Romans 1 and verse 19, it says, in reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. For God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance. Because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as his eternal power and his transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived. For seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then, this leaves everyone without excuse. God wants us to understand just who he is. God wants us to step into his invisible realm. He wants us to step into his supernatural realm. So he actually has created this world and all that we can see around us and indeed us as well, because he wants to display to us his almighty power. Again, this, I think it was probably last weekend, I was going for a walk as I've been doing a lot more walking with Susan lately, um, walking around Red Bank where we live now. 
And as we were just coming down from the top of the, the hill there, um, down the hill, I looked across and there was three large birds. I'm not too sure what type of birds they were, but they were pretty big. And there was three of them up in the sky, about, well, I'd say about fit, maybe 50 foot up in the air. And they were just going around in circles. But not, they didn't move their wings at all, ever. And I was watching them for several minutes. And they were just floating on the air, following each other, going around in circles. And as I, as I watched them, I suddenly became aware of the incredible presence of God and how incredible God is that he created these birds to do that. And in my mind, you know, I, I imagined us trying to explain away how birds can do that. And I thought, we can't explain that. God created these things through his amazing power and ability. My God. And so God has placed these things around us. And if we would take the time to marvel at what God has placed around us, we will understand that he is an invisible God who is with us here and now and wants to be in our lives. God has breathed his spirit into us and he wants to walk with us. He doesn't want us to go it alone. He wants to be into our lives. I was reading from the book of Matthew and uh, one of the things I was reading the other day was um, the Lord's Prayer, which is in Matthew 6 and verse 9. Now, I was brought up old school, I suppose, and I know the Lord's Prayer off by heart, but it kind of in my head, it sounds a bit like our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the prayer I was taught when I was young. And that's, that's good. But the trouble with that is sometimes we can recite things off and they don't mean much to us because they're just words that we're reciting, rather than something becoming reality to us and getting into the depths of it and being able to reach into our soul and bring something, some fruit out of our lives. And as I was reading this week, I was reading in my Passion Translation Bible, I want to read to you how they translate that. It's Matthew 6 and verse 9. Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, May the glory of your name be the centre on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. When I read that, I thought, wow, that is quite different to the one I learnt when I was young. And yet there's so much meat in it. It started me to think on it and dwell on it. And it was actually that sermon that actually caused this sermon to that scripture that caused this sermon to be written. Because for me, when I read those words, manifest your kingdom realm, that is the prayer that I had for my life and that I also wanted for your life. That wherever you are in these times where you can feel maybe a little bit alone and a bit overawed by everything that's going on in your life at the moment, that you can pray, God, manifest your kingdom in my life. And you know what? He will, if you have faith to believe. And so it says in there, our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, that's where we have to look. We don't look to this earth 
We don't look to things that are around us. We don't even look, as it were, to leaders, but we look to God and He can minister through us for sure. But it is God. And where does God live? He lives in the heavenly realms. Our God is a spiritual God. Our Saviour, Jesus Christ, resurrected. But where does He dwell? He dwells in the heavenly realms. And the Holy Spirit, our go-between, as it were, the link that we have from us to God is the Holy Spirit who is spirit. And so if we want to live this faith out, if we want to be successful, as it were, in our faith, then we must look into these heavenly realms for our faith because that's where it was birthed and that's where it exists. And the second part of that, of course, or coming shortly after that was, that's where I want to centre my life. And that's my prayer. But the second part was there, manifest your kingdom realm. So, Again, that is when on Tuesday morning I woke up and I said, Lord, I want you to manifest into my life. And he did. And I saw him manifest in my life. You have to look for God sometimes. Sometimes we can pray, but sometimes we forget when the answer comes that God has just manifested himself and answered our prayers. We need to make sure sometimes that we stop and we thank God and we acknowledge when God has brought answers to our prayers and when He's manifest Himself in our presence. I want His kingdom, His heavenly realm to invade my life and yours. All too often when we're saved, we want God to come into our life as it was. We wanted to seamlessly keep on going. We just want to have a get out of jail free card. You know, know that we're going to go to heaven when we die. But God wants much more than that. Yes, when we get saved, we have that guarantee of, you know, an eternity with Him. But God wants to live in our lives. He wants to be with us and He wants to make sure that we, um, His reality becomes our reality in this time, in this place, right now. God wants to invade our reality so that we are translated from this physical mortal existence that we're trapped in into a spiritual eternal reality that we have. Before we were saved, we were sentenced to darkness and solitude in our lives. But now because of salvation, that we have Him in our lives and we now can have reality of eternity in His presence in our lives. God has opened the door of heaven to us and we can not only hear God, but we can speak to Him and we can experience Him and feel His presence in our lives. Colossians 1 and verse 13 says, He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of His beloved Son. That means that we no longer have to be like peasant farmers, eking out a living, scratching in the dirt as it were, but we can now be the lords of the manor doing the king's bidding. You know, it says in Genesis that man, because of the fall, had to work the rest of his life, um, making an existence out of the toil of sweat of his brow. But you know, Jesus Christ has come into our lives to redeem us from the curse, that we might live more than just getting by, by the sweat of our brow. Lift up your heads, you sons and daughters of God. Take your place at the council table of God. We have been called to rule and reign with Him and usher in His kingdom. 
when I wrote those words, I was thinking what Jesse spoke to us just a few weeks ago, that we indeed have been given an incredible position, that we have been called sons and daughters of God. And we aren't mere servants. We aren't those people that would just be scratching out existence. We have been asked to rule and reign with Him and bring His presence to this earth as well as we minister. You know, in a sense, we're here to do more than just good works. Yes, good works are important, but we need to sometimes be praying at the same time, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Because God's already got prepared those people that He wants us to minister to. He knows those places He wants us to go so that we can bring His presence into their lives. The kingdom of God is reality. And I want to read to you on that one. Um, from 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. Because the spiritual world, although it seems unreal, it's only unreal to the materialistic minded or the carnal man. It's not unreal to the spiritually minded. 1 Corinthians and verse 2. This is why the Scriptures say, things never discovered or heard before, things beyond our ability to imagine. They are the many things God has in store for all His lovers. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, He has revealed to us His inmost heart and His deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. For we did not receive the spirit of the world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. Someone living, living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the spirit. Manifest your kingdom amongst us, Lord. As we keep praying for God's spiritual kingdom to become reality to us, we will receive more and more revelation. We will receive more and more of His manifest presence in our lives. We will be able to minister in His strength. But if we're going to do this, there's something that we need to do, first of all, that's so important. For many of us, we've already taken this step. But there might be some out there that maybe don't understand that if we're going to live in this kingdom realm that I've been talking of, then you first have to understand that every kingdom has a king. Every kingdom. And so we first have to know who that king is and we have to make him our king. In John 18 and verse 36, Jesus had already been arrested and he was going to the cross and he was standing before Pilate who was going to judge him. And it says here, Jesus looked at Pilate and said, the royal power of my kingdom realm doesn't come from this world. If it did, then my followers would be fighting to the end to defend me from the Jewish leaders. My kingdom realm authority is not from this realm. Then Pilate responded, oh, so then you are a king. 
You are right, Jesus said. I was born a king and I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. Praise God and amen that Jesus Christ is our king, that he comes from heaven into this world so that we might understand who he is. And as we take that step to say that I cannot do this life in my own strength, I need God. God, I need him in my life, then we have Jesus Christ, his son, who we can go to, who has been made the king of kings. And as we turn our lives over to him, we can be ushered into the kingdom realm because the moment that we, that we give our lives to him, it says he breathes his spirit into our lives. Praise God. We now have that spiritual kingdom reigning in us. We can now be sons and daughters of God and we can bring His rule to this earth as it were because we are His ambassadors to this earth. We can come in the strength of the power of the Spirit. And so today, if there's anybody out there, just reach out today and ask for Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Saviour. And I can assure you that's what's going to happen. I'm going to... I'll leave you with the words that I started with though in uh, Matthew 6 and verse 9, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the centre on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause every purpose to be filled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. Lord, I thank you so much. I'm sorry, Lord, that you had to die on the cross as it were for my sins, that it took your death to be able to take me out of the kingdom of darkness, to take me out of the darkness, to take me out of solitude and put your presence in my life. But I thank you, Lord, that you were obedient to the point of death. And I thank you, Father, that death could not hold him, that your power, your almighty power was so great that you took your son and you resurrected him to life and you gave him the name above every name, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you have seated him on the throne and you have now called us to rule and reign with him. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Help us to live our lives not trapped in our own mortality, Lord. Help us to live these lives that we have remaining here on this earth. Lord, living on this earth, but in Your Kingdom realm, Lord. In that spiritual realm where we know You exist and You are in our lives and You want to speak to us, You want to listen to us and You want to speak through us into other people's lives. Lord, we thank You. We thank You. And we just commit ourselves to You today and this week and the weeks to come. And Lord, I pray that You would help to bring this pandemic to an end, Lord, that we'd be able to see it close, that whatever lessons we need to learn, that we would learn them quickly, Lord, and we'd be able to move on. But Lord, we trust in You. We trust in You. Thank You and Amen. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you for um, your attention and thank you for listening with the power of the Spirit. I encourage you this week just to spend some time with Him. Amen.